Hey everybody and welcome to Joe's Tango Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Yang. Thanks for tuning in. We've got another fun interview today. I bet a lot of you out there listening are in a difficult place right now. Perhaps there are emotional, financial, or life purpose issues that are really bothering you. If so, this episode is for you. My guest has gone through a lot of those hardships and hopefully we can provide some encouragement and hope. Just remember, you are not stuck. My guest is a tango instructor, event organizer, and life coach. She's originally from the Ukraine and started off with dance and music at the age of four. In 1979, she came to the U.S. Now based in Los Angeles, she teaches Argentine tango at the Third Street Dance Studio, and she also organizes tango classes at the Aerospace Corporation and the Agape International Spiritual Center. She is also involved in a number of huge tango events in the L.A. area, including the L.A. Tango Marathon, Milonga at LAX, and Tango Experience. In 2019, she was one of the finalists in the SoCal Tango Championships. And with me now is Ilona Glenarski. Ilona, thanks so much for taking the time to be on the podcast. It's great to have you on the show. It's wonderful to uh, of you to have reached out and, and invited me. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, yeah. So you've had quite an interesting life. You're originally uh, from the Ukraine, came here in 1979 at the end of the Carter administration. Good for you. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, you've done a lot. You've been involved with uh, dance and music since you were little. So how did you discover Argentine tango? I knew you were going to ask that. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, actually, I became a big, big fan of salsa first. Um mm-hmm. I went through a very challenging divorce mm. and a lot of losses around that time. And I literally um, stumbled upon, well, I, I was a full-time stay-at-home mom. I had two kids. And when that all happened, I had a lot of time on my hands and I felt very misplaced because I, I became a mom very early and I, I didn't know what to do with my time because I was just a mom, right? So now I had to redefine myself mm-hmm. and uh, search for things that bring me joy. And I stumbled upon a um, a class that was being offered locally in uh, like a recreation department type of thing. And so um, it was dance related. It was a dance class, just kind of taste of different dances. And I went and uh, gave it a chance. And oh my God, like I heard salsa music and just was mm-hmm. like, oh my God, this is so enjoyable. This is so much fun. And it, I guess it was exactly what I needed at that time because I think internally you kind of lean towards what you need most at the time so i jumped in and uh i I had to have more of that it was just so um ah it was so much fun so i became a salsa addict Um, (laughs) and uh it 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 really transformed my life at that time and um at some point like maybe five years down the road or four years down the road or something like that i was taking classes at a local very well-known studio um you know in the middle of la and i came across tango and ah, the music was just like it was like coming home it it felt so familiar Mm. because i was a musician being like you know growing up um and this uh, the melodies and the the you know, the minor key spoke to me. (laughs) 
you know, everything is written in a minor key, you know. Mm -hmm. So um, this whole feeling of, you know, this love, loss, uh, you know, this angst, all of that was very familiar to me as an immigrant and as uh, someone who lost many different things that I felt, you know, suffered, you know, enough losses mm -hmm. to understand that feeling. And even without understanding the lyrics really well, although mm -hmm. I speak some Spanish, um, it, it just pulled at me, you know, it kind of cold, <laughs> cold <laughs> me. Yeah. I responded and started um, taking uh, tango classes at that studio. Mm -hmm. um, and that's sort of how I came across tango and why it mm -hmm. appealed to me. Yeah, so it called you. It called me. I really yeah. believe that because I was very happy in the salsa world. I didn't know I was missing anything, you mm -hmm. know, um, until I came across Tango. And um, actually, there was a little story, I don't know if you care to hear about, sure. um, just, I don't know, this is something that I was reflecting on, because I had a feeling you're going to ask me that very question. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had a friend, I actually was a single woman at that time, it was after mm -hmm. divorce, and mm -hmm. I um, connected really, like, really connected with this guy taking salsa classes, and we were really, like, enjoying that, and we became friends and mm -hmm. um, had a couple of dates. And when I came across tango, I was like, listen, let's go do tango. Because I knew it was a relationship dance, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was like, let's take this to the next level, right? And I uh, offered him and he's like, yeah, sounds okay. And he was so stuck on salsa, but mm -hmm. I bought us, um, you know, whatever, six-week series. And I thought, let's do this. This would be so good for, you know, like relationship. Mm -hmm. And he flaked on me. He totally like, broke my heart. He literally just flaked out. And I was so disappointed and heartbroken. Mm -hmm. And I had two choices, whether to just like go, I really don't feel like starting something like I wanted mm -hmm. to do it for a relationship kind of a thing. Yeah. Or say, screw it. I'm going to do it anyway. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I chose, you know, the later. So I decided I'm going to not let anyone ruin my desire to do something you yeah. know my my inspiration and i went for it and the rest is history yeah yeah you know that's awesome yeah i yeah. love how how tango calls you i mean that's that's just been a, a recurring theme throughout the podcast when i talk to people and yeah it's if it calls you do not fight it you know no. <laughs> don't let anybody stop you that's yeah. the thing don't just you know yeah. Go for what's calling you. You really have to go in that direction. I yeah. believe so. So that very first tango lesson that you, you took way back then, what was what was that like for you? I have to say I really, really got lucky because um, having been a dancer for like 25 years and having taken many classes and having done all kinds of workshops with all kinds of teachers and instructors from everywhere, mm -hmm. I got so lucky because the person that was teaching Argentine tango at that time where I was taking classes was really one of those um, people that like they don't make them anymore. You know, it was an uh -huh. old school, truly gifted, very passionate and very well uh, versed and, and just wonderful teacher, you know. Mm -hmm. So um, she was the owner of Third Street Dance Studio in Los Angeles, which is pretty much one of the oldest dance studios that exists here that mm -hmm. like in the middle of, you know, literally smack in the middle of LA, mm -hmm. uh, in a great location close to Beverly Hills. But the point is, it's just, she was so exquisite in teaching it. Mm -hmm. 
that it was very easy to like get sucked into it. I mean, she gave me and another um, partner who was a very big prominent figure in mm -hmm. tango for many years. We were both her students and we both became very, um, you know, very involved in tango because of the passion that she mm -hmm. transmitted to us and her style of teaching was exquisite, I think. So mm -hmm. that was my first class and I was on the hook. Nice. Nice. Yeah, so did this dance, did it, I mean, did it come easily to you given your previous dance experience or was this something that was really uh, challenging? I doubt very much that tango comes easily to anyone, honestly. <laughs> um, not so much because of the steps uh, sometimes. I mean, there are very challenging steps, right? Mm -hmm. Certain steps. But to be uh, a tango dancer, you don't necessarily even have to get to a point of doing something super, super challenging. That's not what it's about. But the challenge of tango is that it brings every insecurity <laughs> and every inadequacy out of you mm -hmm. when you start learning it because it relies so heavily on other skills such as being able to relinquish control and yeah. surrender mm -hmm. and listen and communicate and um and uh you know work together as a team with another human being mm -hmm. and of course the beauty of it is that you get to work with a human being that very often or most often you don't know mm -hmm. um so stranger basically um, so you create a team with a stranger. I mean, that's so unique and challenging mm -hmm. and beautiful at the same time. So that's what I think. I think I, I was very intimidated by tango, yeah. mm -hmm. way more than salsa. I was very uh -huh. confident and mm -hmm. felt very accomplished in salsa dancing. But man, it took me a while yeah. to feel this way about tango. Yeah. Isn't it funny with, with tango as I, I really got into it when I lived in New York. So, you know, we're both in big cities doing this dance and, you know, you always hear about people wanting, you know, either intimacy or a one-on-one -on -one connection without being consumed in this big city. But, and tango offers that, yet it's yet it scares people sometimes. It's like, this is what well, I want, yeah. but I'm scared of it. <laughs> yeah. I think that what we want most usually is the scariest thing. Yeah. I think it's just across the board, you know. We mm. all claim that we want love and we want intimacy and then... You know, every time the word relationship or commitment comes up, everybody freaks out, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's kind of what the tango is. Yeah. yeah. So you said earlier, I mean, there are a lot of, you know, really tough things going on in your life and tango really speaks to you, which is a beautiful thing. But as you explore this dance more, I, I bet you start really um, connecting with that idea uh, more and more. So as you started, you know, going down the rabbit hole, the, the good rabbit hole of of tango, how did that help you or how did that help you um, kind of make sense of all the pain and the emotion that you were going through in your personal life? You know, tango is, for me, is a lot like playing an instrument um, because when I was growing up, I was playing piano mm. and, um, you know, life in the Soviet Union wasn't really super easy and I, I had plenty of challenges and mm. things, um, you know, growing up that were emotionally, um, you know, challenging. I remember sitting down at the piano and playing and maybe singing, and that becomes very therapeutic. Now, 
dancing to me is just another way of processing a lot of emotions and losses and whatever it is that you want to process is what you can process. I mean, mm -hmm. you can literally choose. Um, in fact, you know, I mean, if salsa helped me process one kind of, you know, things that I needed to process and grow through particular things, tango took me to another level. And mm -hmm. I think literally your body becomes an instrument and you, by channeling the music through your body, you process emotions. And I think that's the power of dance in general, mm -hmm. but tango is, takes it to another level. Yeah. Yeah, so what were some uh, bad tango habits that you used to have and, and how did you get over them? We have a tendency sometimes to look at people that we really like or that inspire us visually, you mm -hmm. know, and when you're a beginner, you want to be like them and you kind of look at them and you don't understand the dynamic or how they do certain things, but you see that particular look like they're arching their back and extending far. And like I started doing <laughs> things that actually... <laughs> eventually caused me to have a lot of pain in my lower back Ooh. <laughs> you know because because i just remember something about like i didn't understand initially like how to hold your weight forward properly mm -hmm. and so i was compensating for example by arching my back and that was a really bad habit that i had to really work through because that actually can cause you you know um injuries yeah uh, in fact you know, being on high heels, you know, is, is not easy. And if you dance for many years, um, injuries could happen. So uh, that was really bad habit. But one of the things that I remember was really kind of funny, but, but also so true to my character. I, mm -hmm. I am somewhat of a perfectionist. Mm -hmm. And I remember practicing and dancing with this wonderful friend who was just uh, an amazing, very spiritual, very grounded person. At that time, I, I, I felt that every time I screwed up on a dance floor, I literally would stop and freeze and like throw a little fit. Mm -hmm. Like literally, because I felt so inadequate. And yeah. he was like, don't ever do that. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. you don't stop dancing just because you screwed up. You right. keep moving through it and finding your way. So that was like a really bad habit in the beginning mm -hmm. of just cutting the dance going like, oh, I just lost it. This is not, it's like, don't ever do that. Mm -hmm. The show must go on. Right. You know? Yeah, perfectionism. I mean, a lot of people who do tango, you know, they're just very high achieving people, which is great. You know, that discipline is there. But like you said, there is this uh, perfectionism. And I'm sure a lot of your students are, are perfectionists. So when you see that happening in your in your students, how do you, help ease them through the uh, perfectionism or, or how do you help them address it? Well, you know, remembering what it was like for you is really important, actually. Mm -hmm. A lot of people disconnect from those early days of what it was like and they lose a sense of this compassionate um, kind of, um, you know, this understanding. Um, and, and it's so important when you teach because I've been teaching for so many years and mm -hmm. when you know, I also, in the process over the years, um, have gone to school and became a, a life coach. Um, mm -hmm. And I love teaching beginners, especially. So that's like my specialty. Uh, if you don't have that empathy and, and you don't remember your path and mm -hmm. how it was and all the challenges, you know, it's hard to make a safe space and make people 
that may feel very inadequate or really intimidated or have all kinds of issues and trauma that they bring mm -hmm. you know with them to the class you lose this connection and it's hard to teach them properly and i think if you're not connected you can lose them very easily and mm -hmm. discourage them from moving forward with tango because tango itself is gonna really humble you and so you have to help them release the expectation and remember that we're all on this journey mm -hmm. all of us including me it doesn't matter how many years you've danced of course they perceive that just because you're dancing for so right. long you should be like you you probably are perfect and then they discover that there are a million people who are better mm -hmm. but <laughs> we're all on this learning curve it never stops right i right. mean as a tango dancer Mm -hmm. How, when does a learning curve ever stop? Nope. <laughs> so, um, I always make them feel like, listen, we're, you know, we're all in the same boat. Yeah. Just in a little bit different timeline. But, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so I, I work really hard in making people feel safe and supported and nurtured through mm -hmm. the process. Yeah. Yeah. So becoming a life coach, was that something that was going on in tandem with Tango or did it happen before or after? In tandem, yeah, okay. actually, wow. right? and um, it just happened that I wanted to become, you know, someone who facilitates sort of healing and, and personal growth uh, in people and um, and myself, of course. I mean, it's mm -hmm. always part of it. And um, I did that like a separate thing, but at the same time, it kind of gave me an ability because I went to a spiritual psychology school it's mm -hmm. a different program altogether mm -hmm. um, and it gave me sort of an understanding deeper understanding and appreciation of multiple layers mm -hmm. that tango has to offer because there's like this whole philosophical thing and and um, emotional uh, aspect and and you know anyway so it was great combination tango mm -hmm. and coaching and mm -hmm. learning how to do that was perfect marriage yeah nice yeah. nice yeah that's it's great do you ever kind of look back on your life and just you know wh whether it's through tango or anything else and kind of reflect on wow i was in this really difficult spot now i'm here what goes through your mind when you when you look back on your adventures life is such a journey i mm -hmm. i never thought honestly i never had any aspirations um of neither becoming, let's say, tango organizer or tango teacher. Mm -hmm. I know that for me, tango was deeply therapeutic. Mm -hmm. And I have seen so many people um, who come my way and let's say, I see the transformation. I literally watch it. This is why I love working with beginners because they're like, you know, like this virgin land, <laughs> you know, you can plant right. anything there, right? Mm -hmm. And it's so amazing to see. And so I see my life uh, transform this way with tango um and all the learning that i have done and work i have done on myself utilizing dance or utilizing tango and i see how it impacts others so when i look back i think i mean there were times where i never thought i will be here like mm -hmm. i never thought uh that i will be the person i'm now or that i have you know whatever i created mm -hmm. that will happen you have to kind of stay in the moment and literally think what can I do today right here? Like this is my class number one or number five. Mm -hmm. Just give yourself full attention to that moment. Don't worry about what's ahead. Yeah. The ahead is going to show up when you're ready. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like you just walk the road and there is a sign. By the time you get to the sign, you're ready to make that turn. 
So that's kind of what I learned, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's, 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 I'm really glad you said that. I mean, there are a lot of people who are listening, I guess, are in various parts of their, in their tango journeys, but also in their life journeys. And they may be thinking, well, I messed this up. It's never going to get better. But that's, that's not true. You can't really get stuck in that thinking. So if, if you're listening and you're in that dangerous mindset, don't. What do we say? We say that the only thing that we can count on uh, is change. Mm-hmm. And things always change and shift, even when they look like you're stuck there forever. Right. Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny how when we start dancing tango, we start you know, looking at life, kind of evaluating things in a, in a tango context, or we start understanding things, uh, thing, things differently. So yeah, just as a tango teacher, as a life coach, you, you're observing people very often. What's a, what's a common, I guess, problem or anxiety that you see in people? And how do you think tango can help that? I see a lot of things and I love I mean, I'm definitely I'm an observer, so that kind of mm-hmm. helps with a lot of things. Um, because before you do anything, you kind of have to observe and make sure that you're mm-hmm. um, seeing people for who and what they are and way, where they are at that moment. And sometimes you read people in their body language; mm-hmm. just they don't have to tell you what they're dealing with or what they're struggling with. If you observe them as a teacher, and I know that you teach, um, <laughs> so I, I know I actually um, enjoy your videos. Um, Oh, I know you. I was uh, watching quite a few. Um, you know, it it um, you have to be an observer as a teacher, and you have to have this sense of like what what is happening? Why is this person holding back? Or why are you know why is this, let's say, woman um, not following, not able to follow? Like there are many reasons, but like one of the, those um, things that I really feel honestly mm-hmm. is that. A lot of times there's lack of trust Mm -hmm. um, because let's say people have been hurt Mm -hmm. or they have had failed relationships. And, you know, when you have failed relationships or let's say you have been hurt in the past by, let's say, few men in the row. I mean, I can I speak from, let's say, perspective of a woman. Right. Mm -hmm. When you get on a dance floor and you have to trust your leader completely and you have to relinquish control. And from not not because you're giving them all the power, but you have to trust and relax Mm -hmm. into following role for a moment. Mm -hmm. Women like like have a hard time with it. Many women do um, Mm -hmm. because there's such a history of whether disappointment or pain or trauma with Mm -hmm. regards to the, you know, the gender communication or or interaction Mm -hmm. or, you know, so I find that to be number one thing that's like jumps at me. I see it a lot. Mm-hmm. Learning how to trust and relax into their feminine is a big challenge in general because mm-hmm. this day and age, um, we are so confused yeah. about what being mm-hmm. feminine or masculine means, what the roles mean, mm-hmm. how to be a leader, how, what it does mean to be a follower. We're so confused. Uh, and it all comes out on the dance floor, right? Right. So number one thing is women are like, I can't follow. I can't follow any anyone. <laughs> and then, so here's a, here's a trick I use, because then if I step in and start leading, if I have a hunch that they mm-hmm. have maybe an issue with male gender, you know, I step in and, and they follow me and that goes away. Mm-hmm. Then I know I'm 100% right. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so, so there's that for example. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Nice. Nice. 
yeah, just observing people and just kind of getting a taste for their personalities. Yeah. That's always that's something that never gets old as a as an instructor. Yeah, correct. And their and their life journey and trauma and you know all the stuff that we bring with us to the dance floor. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And of course, right now, um, as of this very moment in, in 2021, we're uh, in the middle of this crazy pandemic. I know in the state of California, things have been pretty, pretty crazy. It's pretty tough. I've got a good friend uh, out there as well who's just telling me all these crazy stories. And of course, this has had an impact on our um, on our tango as well. So what um, what's some advice you would have for people or what are some strategies that you've employed to help to help stay positive during this time? You know, I, it, overall, I consider myself a positive person. But mm -hmm. even in at this time, even people who think they're positive and creative and energetic and all that, uh, we we all, including me, and I should speak for myself. Mm -hmm. You know, I found myself going through real like moments of um, almost like you know, like this low grade depression because we're. Yeah we are not able to not only express our passion and joyful life and love for our friends. I mean, it's a big loss. I mean, mm -hmm. honestly, I almost feel like I'm going through some sort of period of this sort of mourning, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so I know that at some point it's going to come back, but um, practicing mindfulness has become my go-to. Mm -hmm. um, and I sort of intuitively uh, decided at some point to offer um, that kind of a thing to, you know, to my community, because when you spend so many years building a community mm -hmm. uh, and you think you've done a semi-decent job, you know, <laughs> and you have such so many friends and connections and people who almost like look um, like they, they think you should be doing something like uh, people have told me, shouldn't we like just do me long outdoors or something? They expect me to literally yeah. step in and start organizing <laughs> something. Mm -hmm. But, um, I think the best way that we can actually process what's happening right now is by learning how to get comfortable in our own skin, mm -hmm. how to really tune in and listen, um, to what's happening. Um, on a deeper level, um, there's so many things happening in, in the society, I think, in general, that mm -hmm. we have to really kind of examine and um, um, go go deeper because because we don't necessarily just want to be simply reactive. We right. want to, you know, there's so much that goes on and we've mm -hmm. lived through so many um, crazy things happening in 2020. So mm -hmm. this mindfulness session that I was offering for, I think, maybe for eight months now, Mm -hmm. has become a lovely way to stay connected mm -hmm. but also to give people a little bit of a reset that's that's kind of like a self um, care mm -hmm. um, routine like ritual and so we've been doing this it's been really lovely it's nothing super formal because then we combine that with sort of like mm -hmm. a you know, set, like session of just discussing and, you know, chatting. And mm -hmm. we did tackle some some challenging issues mm -hmm. um, as well, like maybe uh, um, when uh, when all the BLM protests were happening and mm -hmm. all the um, racial topics were, were really like um, in our faces, we all dove in and had, um, you know, maybe somewhat uncomfortable, but very necessary conversations. Mm -hmm. Um, 
that were offered, you know, through that sort of a glass of mindfulness, you know, so, so it was really beautiful. It was really great. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, this is one thing that has kept me mm -hmm. um, more grounded and more, I, I don't know what I would say positive, because it's not always feeling positive, right. but accepting what is and, and mm -hmm. just rolling with it and being mm -hmm. patient. Yeah. 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 Like what you said about not being so reactive to everything. I mean, you know, it, it, we can't just sit here and wait for the long, I mean, in a way we have to wait, but at the same time, while we're waiting, like you said, we, we, you can't just be passive. You gotta, like you said, you gotta practice that mindfulness and um, get your head right. Because when this starts up again, you know, in a way what we're doing by being mindful or just whatever practice we can do at home, we're, uh, in a sense, we're preparing for that day when it Absolutely. starts up again. So, yeah. And I think that maybe we have an opportunity to also um, make it a little bit different and better in a, in a way that's more equitable and you know just just in general i mean there are a lot of things you could think about if if we are to come back how do we really want to see that happening but yeah once uh, we start up with belongas again it'll be so fun yeah i can't i can't be honest i can't wait my tango marathon is waiting people are like literally um writing to me going like so are we doing this in may because mm -hmm. mine is coming supposed to come up in may right. but i think too soon yeah My so, feeling is so yeah that's a great segue into the next thing i wanted to ask you about because uh you know you start off as a as a big tango enthusiast but just now you've gone the extra step you're teaching and you're also organizing really big events like the la tango marathon um milan got yeah, yeah. lax so how did you get into that part of tango the organizing side had absolutely no aspirations to become an mm -hmm. organizer in fact <laughs> i i rejected that suggestion and ideas for many years because I, uh, many years ago, we used to have a festival in Los Angeles called Smith Festival, Santa mm -hmm. Monica, something tango holiday, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And it was a Smith Festival was a huge thing because we didn't have a big festival for mm -hmm. many years. And then all of a sudden, like five tango dancers decided to get together and do something like really big. And it was challenging. And I was a volunteer. So because they're all my friends, mm -hmm. I decided to help them out and I had time on my hands and I volunteered for three years in a row to help them, you know, sort of build build it and make it as best, you know, they could. Unfortunately, it fell apart uh, after whatever, three years, but oh man, have I learned. I learned so much by volunteering and working really hard. Um, mm -hmm. Like one thing I learned is I never want to put on a festival one thing i learned for sure so <laughs> i mean my gosh what a what a crazy endeavor mm -hmm. so that was one thing um but then what was happening is i live in south bay and south bay is south of los angeles airport and mm -hmm. there's a huge area it's beautiful it's by the beach i mean mm -hmm. i don't live right next to the beach but it's very close and they're gorgeous cities that are all along the coast and um, when I was teaching, I started teaching on my own um, in South Bay Adult School, mm -hmm. out of all places. And then slowly, because I had a lot of people and they loved it. So if I see people love it, I kind of move to the next step because mm -hmm. there's you know, good feedback. So I kind of started growing from there. And at some point, I mean, we had nothing, no, no milongas, no, no, no practicas, nothing in South Bay whatsoever. Mm -hmm. um, and L.A. is a huge place and driving around LA is is definitely a deterrent sometimes to going to a milonga on the other side of, of the city. 
um, because it takes so long to drive. Um, and of course, at 10 p.m., where these events start at 10 p.m. after working, you know, I don't have to tell you, like, who wants to drive far away? But yeah. uh, we do. But the thing is, um, my students were nudging me constantly and going like, we need something in South Bay. We need something in South Bay. And I was like, yeah, whatever. We have classes. <laughs> you know enough of that mm -hmm. and then one of my students um told me to go and look at this space she thought it was amazing and it wasn't far away and it was like you know in my area and it was great you know and i was like uh, and i used to do interior design for a short time so mm -hmm. i love great spaces mm -hmm. so i went and walked into the space and i was like damn <laughs> i have how do I say no? Right. <laughs> you know, it was like one of those moments where, ah, but she never showed that to me, right? Because mm, yeah. it, it was it was a done deal. It was like it was a done deal. I, it was um, used to be a library, and it was like this remodeled, gorgeous mm. space. It was perfect for Milonga, like perfect, mm. and. And there was a huge parking lot with free parking right there. I mean, oh, I free parking you know. in California. Yeah, Vermont. right. <laughs> I, and, and it was next to LAX, literally like like two minutes from LAX. Anyway, mm. all of that was so perfect that I couldn't say no. And of course, you know, you always think, okay, I don't really want to do it. What a huge commitment! But then you talk to the owner, and they settled on some ridiculously low rent mm. because they really wanted to bring more mm -hmm. something you know events or whatever there and it pretty much sealed the deal so i started from there and people loved it it was so great people loved it and mm -hmm. it that was my milonga lax nice. and then it, we moved we moved after that but mm -hmm. the point is that's kind of how it began because mm -hmm. there was a need yeah and uh I, I i had a lot of students and people who really in, encouraged me and mm -hmm. then there was a wonderful opportunity that was given to me as far as space is concerned so yeah yeah. that's how it's been that's great yeah i love i love the stories where again you have no aspirations and this applies to anyone listening as well you might you think you're just learning to dance but look that's where right. it can no, take no. you and it's always to good places it's always to good places <laughs> it, it, it is but you know mm -hmm. the one thing i mean obviously you learn through this process is yeah. that um putting milonga on is way more than just dragging a sound system yep. onto the dance floor and having few friends show up in, mm -hmm. And you will learn that yeah. down the road. So, mm -hmm. um, so there is a lot of learning, you know, that takes place when you start organizing and how you do it and how you keep people coming back. And mm -hmm. oh, there's a lot to that business. Yeah, crazy. A lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be great. Hopefully, you know, in a, in a few weeks, we'll have a better idea of where things are, and you can give people a definite answer on that Tango Marathon. Oh, the Tango Marathon. This is something, by the way. Mm -hmm. I know you were talking about this. The marathon also came because we didn't have anything for years. Like after mm -hmm. Smith Festival died, mm -hmm. we had no tango festival in LA. And this huge, beautiful city, there was right. nothing happening. <laughs> and at that time, and people, again, I started hearing from people going like, if anybody is going to do it, it should be you. Like things like that. When you hear mm -hmm. it over and over and over again. And then I talked to my husband because at that time he was... Um, he was uh, such a, you know, like super enthusiastic. He was my tango student, by the way. So mm -hmm. that's kind of, he, he fell into tango that way. And he was very supportive. And I was like, finally feeling like I have a partner who will support me if I take on something crazy. Mm -hmm. And I decided to try 
uh, putting on a marathon because I would never do a festival. But I thought, you know, we have a space that seems to be like perfect for something that's not overly huge and and again free parking next mm -hmm. to lax all of that and uh, and then of course uh, the one thing you probably don't know that it's called the endless summer right okay. and and that's a real name for it and the brand is the endless summer so my husband is an attorney for the endless summer movie which is an iconic california sort of a thing about surfing Mm. So the movie oh, itself, yes. yeah. surfers going a lot around the world, mm -hmm. seeking for the perfect wave, you know, seeking the perfect wave. So that became our sort of uh, brand because of only because of the fact that he is connected directly to this <laughs> movie. Otherwise, we would never be able to mm -hmm. uh, use it because it's, um, you know, it's very, very highly, you know, sort of revered brand. Yeah. The point is that it became the endless summer because we were by the beach yeah. and had the perfect venue for that. And it was just all came together at the same time. So mm -hmm. that's how that happened. Mm -hmm. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And then again, with, with tango communities all over the world, every, any city where you are, if there is a particular personality to your city, in your case, the beautiful beaches, endless summer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Integrate that into tango. I know Absolutely. in New Orleans, they had the Mardi Gras theme and that's, it's it, amazing. They, they do an I awesome think... job with that. And, yeah, so every any any kind of even if you don't think you live in a big city or a fancy place, there's there's something there is something there that you can special put into and absolutely you must. I mm -hmm. think that's one of the biggest thing I would recommend. If anybody is to do something special, capitalize on the beauty of your surroundings and mm -hmm. the special things that you can offer there yeah. that are unique to to that particular location. Yeah, I think that's a winner for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, Ilona, I feel like I talked to you all day about tango, but uh, yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, um, yeah, unfortunately, you know, time is time is limited. Only so many hours in a day. So where do we find out more about you online? LivingTango.com. That's okay. my brand. That's my my kind of name, because I think I pretty much live tango yeah. every day <laughs> as much as I can. So living tango is easy to remember. And also on Facebook. Mm -hmm. under living tango easy simple awesome. yeah ilona living tango that's kind of how people know me great good yeah. right, i'll have that information in our show notes so people will be able to look you up and yeah go check out the LA, so. that's LA so LA great uh, yeah i you know i hope to see you in la someday and um yeah. i know where you are is uh, a little colder isn't it yes i'm in um, madison wisconsin so um let's see the temperature i guess in metric it's uh negative 18 celsius with a negative 23 with the wind chill and i got to go walk the dog in a little bit so <laughs> sounds colder than kiev where i came from uh, oh it's funny i had some friends from yeah i had some friends from uh from russia uh, actually there's a pretty large Russian population here and some of them were like yeah this kind of reminds me of home yeah, yeah. except for some um, ladies from Kazakhstan they, they don't have a problem with it at all no like, no no oh, this those, is just like no, home. No. this is it's fine very warm yeah. That. Yeah. yeah and um, but I know I think we have about what 58 no 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 sorry 64 degrees oh, today nice nice no sorry 61 today. I'm so sorry. It's a little Beautiful. colder than usual. It's a little mm. colder. Put on a jacket. <laughs> but yeah, the endless summer just keeps going. It just keeps you going. Know? Yeah, yeah. And that's just another wonderful, wonderful thing about uh, about uh, people. I just just thought of what my students from Kazakhstan and uh, yeah, because if anywhere there's like I don't feel that any tango community is complete unless you have a contingent of Russian speakers. 
I, I agree. I, I totally agree. Believe me, we have a lot of Russians here and Russian mm -hmm. speakers and many from Ukraine and other places. Mm -hmm. um, but um, there's something because I really honestly think that because the music and arts were such a big thing growing up, like back when I was there, USSR, mm -hmm. former USSR, by the way. Yep. Yeah. Um, that is kind of was our our inspiration was um, it was whether sports which I could care less about mm -hmm. uh, or or arts and uh, you know music dance and whatever and and uh, literature really yeah. there were no other forms of entertainment and mm -hmm. therefore we all love and are so connected to music and dance I think all of us did a little bit of dancing even growing up it was part of school curriculum and whatever so. Yes. Uh, a lot of Russians are very gravitating towards yes. yeah, tango, yes. especially. Mm -hmm. And please keep gravitating yeah. towards tango. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, keep up the, the good work. And, and thank you so much for doing this podcast. Yeah, it's, thanks uh, so much for taking the time. Yeah, so. thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it very much. Yeah. Hope to meet you in person. Likewise, likewise. Okay, that was Ilona Glinarski. What an interesting personal story. After a difficult divorce and a variety of other personal challenges, she was struggling for direction and meaning, and when she happened upon tango, it brought so much to her life. But it didn't stop there. She later became a major event organizer in her area, which was something she did not originally set out to do. We touched upon a lot of stuff during our conversation, but what stuck out to me was this part. So as Lona said, if we're going through really challenging times, and it will happen to all of us, it's important to find something constructive to help us deal with it and to come to terms with it. And when we do, it'll take work. And while we're working on it, whether it's tango or something else, we need to give it our full attention in the moment. We need to focus on getting through the here and now and to not think too far ahead. We might feel stuck. We might feel as though things will never change. But the reality is that change will happen at some point in the future. And if we stay focused on making things right in the moment, that will actually prepare us for the change when it happens. We just have to trust that we'll know what to do when the time comes. So thank you again, Ilona, for sharing your thoughts and for your time. And as usual, a huge thank you to all you listeners for tuning in. It really means a lot that you've made time to listen to this show. If you've been a fan for a while and would like to help keep the podcast going, you can make a secure donation through PayPal or join my podcast page on Subscribestar, which you can find at subscribestar.com slash tango podcast. Links are in the description. Thanks for your support. All right. You've been listening to Joe's Tango Podcast. I'm Joe Yang, and I'll talk to you again soon.